This is Alamo Anthem, where we, the overtaxed, remember our liberty. Direct from the forgotten countryside outside of Alamo City, San Antonio. I'm really excited today because we have our first guest on Alamo Anthem. So I want to introduce Mr. Lloyd Richardson, who is the head of the Medina County Tax Advocates. Uh, Lloyd, welcome to our show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Lloyd, we were hoping you would come and explain a little bit about your organization that you just recently started, the Medina County Tax Advocates, and how you came to start that organization. Okay, well, really, we shortened it up to the MTA. Um, How this all started, really, is back in 2018, 2019, I wrote a couple of articles about how senior citizens in Medina County were getting taxed out of their homes from inflated property taxes. What happened with that is I got a, a, a few people responding to my newspaper ads, the articles that I wrote, and we all got together and determined it would probably be a good idea if I would run for county commissioner in order to deal with that particular issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of many things, as a county commissioner, it would have gave me a, a good format to make a change. I ran for commissioner in 2022. It was a very tough deal, but I did not win. I won the primary, but I lost in the regular election. But this issue was so important to me that I decided that we just needed to keep going and not just let it go. So we started off strictly as looking for a way to help seniors with these inflated property taxes. But in about our second meeting that we had, we had some younger people show up that thought it would be a real good idea if we would be able to talk and help regular people, not just senior citizens. Property taxes affect everyone, and they're very, very high. And we agreed that we could probably do something like that. Of course, our first issue, and what is still top of my list, is the property tax relief for senior citizens. They explain a couple of things about how that happens, the reason the property taxes are so high for everybody in Medina County right now. And it's really an inflated appraisal value problem. It's a gentrification issue that happens across the United States, most notably in California. About 1978, they had the very same issue take place. In uh, Medina County up in Castroville, they're building 17,000 brand new homes, all of them half a million dollars or more in value. And because of that huge influx of money and high-priced homes, it's affecting everyone in Medina County as far as their appraisal values. And there's a couple of things I've found with research that affect it also, but that's made the property value in the last five years quadruple. You know, your $150,000 home is now a $350,000 home and property, and those increased uh, appraisals are what drive up the property taxes. So what did they do in California to combat that? Well, they came up with a thing called Proposition 13, which is relatively unpopular in Texas. But what they did is they they came up with a proposition that capped how much they could raise your property value to 2% per year. Oh. Right now in Texas, the uh, it's 10%. For the homestead. Yeah, the homestead. Um, there's two things that you got to remember. There's two things. There's taxable value and appraised value. They're not the same thing. Appraised value is what they say you can get for your home if it was sold on the open market. 
And that's what they're basing their appraisals on now. It didn't used to be that way probably six years ago, but now that's how they do it. It's strictly just like a real estate company says your house is worth a half a million dollars. That's what the county's using. They're going well, by that same how thing. Did, go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. I think we were going to ask the same question. Yeah, how ahead. did they do it six years ago or so? Prior to that, there was actually two scales. There was a tax appraisal value and a market value. Two different things. Now, they make it all one. It's all market value. Who made it all one? Legislator, the legislature in Austin, the state legislature. This is one of the reasons why I'm trying to help seniors as opposed to regular people, because it's easier. Because what you got to remember is once you're over 65, the county is in control of what your exemption rate is for anyone over 65. Under 65, the state legislature in Austin is in charge of what that exemption rate is. So you're saying that they, on the local level in the county, they have more wiggle room with the seniors. Absolutely. But yeah, for the rest of us, they, there's nothing they can do, right. is what you're saying. There's pretty much nothing they're, they're going to do anyway because the county commissioners are not going to agree to do anything that reduces revenue. So this plan that I've written, this this bill that I'm trying to turn into a referendum to get on the ballot, will never pass through the commissioner's court because it, it reduces their revenue. Which is the reason that you want to do it as an initiative instead. Is right. that right? Right. Now, we're going to have to present it to the commissioner's court first anyway, just as a matter of procedure. Once we get a legal document that we can we can propose and we'll go before the commissioner's court, but they're, they're not going to approve it. I've had meetings with several of them, including a meeting with the county judge himself, and they have, it, it's very easy for a county commissioner's court to come up with endless reasons why they need more revenue. I mean, they can go on forever. It's never going to change. We need this. We need that. They've gone from revenue of $30 million five years ago to $69 million in 2023. That's the increase. And in my mind, it's time now, especially with all these new homes being built in Castroville, the increased revenue all of those tax bases are going to create for Medina County. Right now is when we need to make a change. Because if we if we put my program in and we help the low-income seniors two years from now, they won't even notice that money's gone. Mm -hmm. Because their increases are coming so fast, it will be an afterthought. Um so that's why I think it's important in 2024 that we get this pushed through. And it's not like it's a brand new idea. Yeah, this I was going to ask you, like, where did mm. where did you come up with this plan? My plan is a version of what is used in Harris County over by Houston. They've had this in place for many years over there. They probably do the best job of anywhere in Texas as far as taking care of their senior citizens. Um, it's far more aggressive than what I'm proposing. Hmm. Because uh, what I'm proposing is just to limit it to low-income seniors. And, and I'm calling that at $50,000 per family. That's, that's the line. You have to make that or less in order to qualify for that program. And on my program, you'd actually have to apply for it with the county. In, uh, in Harris County, it's automatic. You turn 65, that's the law. That's the way it goes. And we're never going to get anything like that pushed through here. we got to walk before we can run. 
So if we can get this initiative put in and take care of the low-income seniors, then we go to the next plan. What's our next improvement we can make? Maybe uh, there's, there's a lot of things we can do for regular people that aren't 65. There's a whole list of things that the, the commissioner's court could do. If you start looking at what is possible, they do have some latitude on regular people up to $5,000 to increase your individual exemption rate, but they won't do that. It's an option for them, but it's going to lose revenue for them, so they're not going to do it. Is that just for low-income nope, regular people nope. or for who? Anybody in Medina County. There are several programs that the commissioner's court could invoke this plan that would give everyone an additional $5,000 exemption for there's just a there's just a whole list of things they could be doing. I think that the point about new revenue coming in is a really good and important thing because anytime that you want to do anything that changes, you know, their their revenue, it's always this question of pain, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to do things that's going to make people lose their jobs or anything like that. But everybody benefits uh differently from the government, I would say. Like there are different ways in which, oh, I, I rely on this program. I really like that the city does this. I really like the county does this. And so when you start, you could kind of appeal to anybody when you say, well, if we make those cuts, then this is going to go away. Well, this is going to go away. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's lots of different ways to convince people that they don't want those services to go away. Mm-hmm. But what's nice about this is that it's really what we're talking about is just not giving them more money. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when all that increase comes in and the the natural state of the bureaucracy is like the like you said earlier the maximum amount possible they always want more you could double triple quadruple the yeah, budget there's no end they'll yes. always come up with something else to spend money on it's better to not let them get used to it in the first place no well, that that's part of it too i i have a kind of a challenging question for you lloyd what what do you say to those people that um would say, hey, the seniors already have an exemption. Well, the exemption that seniors have right now is kind of smoke and mirrors because uh, what they did is they basically freeze what your property taxes are. Just the school tax, right? I think it's just the school School and county now. County also signed off on it. But but here's the deal. If if they did this six years ago, it would have meant something. But now, over the last five years, everybody's property value is inflated so high, and your tax rate is so high. What senior citizen living on Social Security, if you freeze his property taxes at $6,500 a year, right. you're not helping him. It's already too high. It's, you're freezing at a level that he couldn't afford to pay in the first place. Now, if they wanted to change that and revert back to 2015 tax numbers and freeze it there, well, then they'd be doing something. But freezing it at 2020 or 2023 levels is meaningless. Okay. So what about the current law that just passed on Tuesday the 7th um, with the homestead exemption increase? Does that help the senior citizens at all? No, that helps regular people. But it's, again, it's a very smoke and mirror situation. It, it, they want to make it sound like they're giving you a $100,000 exemption, and boy, aren't we great for doing it. But what you got to look at, again, is two different tax areas, appraisal value and taxable value. 
if they're taking $100,000 off the value of your home, that's what the exemption is, but your property has gone up $300,000 in a few years, how much difference is that really going to make? Okay. It's what's going to happen is that that 100000 you're already getting a, like a $40,000 exemption. So it's 60 more. It's not 100 on top of. It's a total of 100. So you're getting 60 more. And then, again, you go with that inflated property value over the last five years. That's 60%. The average guy is going to see $200, $300 difference. Okay. I was going to say, and I know you, I promised you I wouldn't get political, but I do have to ask this question. Oh, no. How is it, you talked about six years ago, how mm-hmm. they were, had, they had legislated, they passed in the legislation to combine the appraisal value mm-hmm. and the taxable value. Right. How did Texas, being the conservative state that it supposedly is, do that? Yeah, you got me. There, there's a, there's another part to that story that's that's equally interesting. There's lots of things when you go through the appraisal district that are half truths. When you when you look at how they do things, I have it on good authority, and and nobody is in the appraisal department is going to admit this. But if they appraise property and it isn't high enough, the state actually sends it back and insists that they raise it higher. The local appraisal district does not have final word. The what? state does. Why do they care if it's all in the because, local oh, level? It's very simple because. If they increase our property value and our taxes, then they have to pay less percentage on the schools. You will pay more. Okay. So what they're doing... The state will pay less. That's what you're saying? Yes. If you look at Texas, they are way behind the rest of the United States on what percentage Texas pays towards public schools. We're like 32%. The rest of the the country is almost 50%. You mean from the state level right. funding, but, Texas, but right. the the cost per student is probably is more or less on par the last time I checked. Probably, yeah. but I'm talking about the amount of money right. they put into the pie. It takes, mm-hmm. it takes 100, whatever number you want to put on. It yeah. takes that amount of number to operate the schools. The state is only paying 32%. The rest of that is being paid mm-hmm. by taxpayers. Right. The reason I ask is, is because I don't want people thinking that well, maybe we just spend less overall on schooling, so it's okay that the state pays. But that's not the case. The case is that we still pay just as much for education or the public schools than anybody else does, but the state is paying less percentage, and it's, it falls more right. on local taxes. One other question that I, again, I'm not trying to get political, but what source of revenue does the state get? Do they get a portion of our property tax, or where is the state's revenue coming from? Their Absolutely, tax. property taxes. Yeah, both property and sales. Yeah, tax. they get prop- a percentage of the property. I, tax the reason too. I ask is not everyone is up to speed on how this works. You know, for our listeners mm-hmm. who are new to trying to understand how taxes work yeah. and everything, Texas is a non-income tax state, but they have to get their revenue from somewhere. Yeah. So I guess it's a combination. I don't know the exact numbers how that works, but I will tell you that Texas is one of only six or seven states in the, uh, of the whole United States that pays for their schools out of property taxes. Mm. There's only six or seven states. The rest of them all do it differently. Mm-hmm. The most common is a state 
uh, income tax. Yeah. Right. We don't have that we in Texas, that. and that always sounds like a good thing. Right. But if you if you look at it realistically, um, if you separated out the uh, school taxes from the property taxes, and then they would tax the people that makes the most money more and the people that make the least money less, it would actually work out better for everyone. If you had a state income tax as opposed to putting everything on property tax. So oh, I just, Emily I just looked it up that. here. It says the largest sources of state tax revenue for Texas are sales tax, the franchise tax, which is the state's primary business tax, and then motor vehicle related taxes. So, so there you okay. Go. Um, okay. So tell us a little bit about your plan. What exactly are you trying to do? Well, what we, what I want to do is I want to attach the median price of a home in Medina Valley or Medina County and make that their exemption. Okay, so so if they where raise would you get valuation, that's hmm? what is, are you saying? All of these seniors, their houses, you would tax it at that rate, or as though it were appraised at that value. Well, the way it works out is it pretty much eliminates each other. So if you got to take the median price throughout the whole county, let's say it's uh, three hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. If if their property value is less than that, then they're going to zero out. If it's a little more, then they're going to have to pay a little bit. But it really pretty much wipes out their taxes. The reason you want to do that is if the median price continues to climb, which it, which has been doing, if you set them a, at a certain exemption rate in three or four years, they're going to be right back in the same boat. They're not going to be able to pay it. So if you attach that exemption rate to the median price of a home in Medina County, then when it goes up, the exemption rate goes up. They will always be covered. And that's how they did it in in, in Harris County. What they did in addition that I'm not doing is they added another 20% of the market value of the house on top of that. Now, the reason they did that is because there's a big difference between homes in Divine and homes in Castroville. So maybe it doesn't cover, you know, so they added another 20% on top of there to really make sure that nobody got lost in the weeds on that deal. But I'm trying to be conservative on this approach and get something that we can get past. So I'm not trying to nitpick them. If we could get this part of it done, it's going to make a big noticeable difference on low income seniors. Yeah. And there's a lot of other little things that they've done that we're not trying to do. They don't have that $50,000 limit either. It's mm-hmm. anyone over 65, that's the law. Well, we're to putting the $50,000 limit there to admit that, hey, Medina County isn't Harris County. We don't have the amount of people and money that they do. We have to approach it a little bit differently and not hurt the county. But I honestly believe if you check the numbers, the amount of people that are going to benefit by this compared to the amount of lost revenue is negligible. Mm. Okay. So after mm. the um, county commissioner rejects the proposal, right? Then, what's the next step? Then you go to a petition signature system, where at that point, then we're going to have to apply to probably going to have to contact the Secretary of State's office and get a number that they're going to require this number of signatures to get that on the ballot. I'm not sure yet who really determines that. Probably going to be in the neighborhood of 
two to three thousand signatures in order to to get that on the ballot. I believe that if we get it on the ballot, we've won. It's over. Oh, yeah, because everyone's for helping the senior citizens. There's no way it's not going to pass if it gets on the ballot. So what is something that people can do right now? Like if they have 10 minutes after listening to this podcast or if they pause it, what can they do right now to support this cause? Well, as like every other nonprofit, nonpartisan thing that you see, it's always about money. and we, We need money for lawyers right now. Our biggest problem is we can't just get a local lawyer to volunteer to help us. We've already had that. We need a legislative attorney group to rewrite this bill that I've got and make it into a legal referendum. And not just anybody can do that. I've uh, tried several pro bono. I've, I've applied in Austin and Dallas with these specific legislative attorney firms. And I can't get anybody even to return a phone call. They're not even interested. So we need to raise money. Um, we can give you a website that you can go to. And it's got all our information on there, exact stuff I've been talking about. It's all in print. You can read it, but you can go there and, and make a donation to help us get the uh, legal help that we need to make this happen. Do we have that website? Yeah, it's right here. It's mctaxpayeradvocates.org. Great. We'll have that in the show notes. And then I just wanted to, to point something out because this is something that we've we, we've been to MTA meetings mm-hmm. and asked questions there. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, something I don't want to glaze over is that if we don't have the paperwork and the wording and everything perfect, then they will reject it without reviewing at the at the county. And so what we really need is to be able to um, get them to accept the documents in order to be able to review it and say, no, we're not going to pass this. But if we have anything wrong, if all the, the T's aren't crossed and the I's aren't dotted, then they'll, they they won't even look at it. It, it won't even make and, it to their desk. And we It'll need it in- to make it to their desk so they reject it. Exactly. Yeah. Right. exactly. Oh, that's so weird. But, because it has to be rejected in that process right. in, in order to then They won't reject it because that. it's not properly done. They don't have to. Yeah. So they can they can shelf it because it's not done properly. Right. And we can't allow that to happen. That's why we gotta have this legislative attorney firm write the document before we even go to the commissioner's court officially so that that can't happen. Okay, so for people who maybe they they don't feel like I don't really give money to these things that often I'm trying to save money, not, not, you know, send five, $10 or whatever, which mm-hmm. is really all we're kind of asking, right? It's just exactly. a few dollars. Like it could be anything, but wh- one thing that everybody can do is send you an email, I think, because then we get on the email list and then for any updates, you could say, okay, this is what's going on. We're having this meeting on this day and you can kind of just keep your eye on it. And, and then eventually, hopefully it will get to the point where like, okay, this is on the ballot and then we can email everybody and be like, okay, this is the time to, to pass it. So just it really, it would only take a couple minutes right now to send Lloyd an email. And what is that email address that would be best for this? Uh, it's Lloyd, L-O-Y-D, 55 at yahoo.com. Okay, great. And we'll have that in the show notes as well. Yeah, so that's that. right. That That's a big part of what we're doing. We got a meeting coming up on the 18th of this month in Castroville. And that's a big part of what we're doing is trying to get people to sign on to the mailing list. 
We have a little form you fill out when you get there. And what that's going to do for us, even if we don't get a donation from you, what that's going to do is when it's time to get those petition signatures, we're going to have a database full of emails and contacts that we can call, say, we're okay, now we're all going to meet and we're going to sign these forms or whatever. But it gives us a head start when we need to, to get the signatures. Excellent. We've got about 90 supporters right now on our on our uh i've got a big spreadsheet that i keep adding to as these meetings take place so sometimes online i see these things where it'll tell you that you can uh you know ask for your signature and like a digital like you just click here and it's mm -hmm. like okay that counts i always wonder if that's legitimate or not do you know if like do are we that looking for I physical or I, digital you, i i would say it's probably not on this because they're going to give us petition forms from the uh, Secretary of State's office, and we're going to have to fill everybody's name and address and every signature on each line on their particular form that they go back and review before they say we've got enough signatures. So okay, so don't like not. spill your food on them or anything then? <laughs> no, we're going to have to take a clipboard and go have a meeting and get as many signatures as we can, stand out in front of Walmart and see how many people we can get to sign it. It's going to be a I think you should process. schedule it for the summer after everyone gets their protests or their notice of, you know, so and then go stand by mm -hmm. the office of the, the tax office. Yeah. Well, you notice that the meeting's on the 18th any day now, today, or I mean, any day you're going to get your actual tax bill, not the appraisal value. The bill is due now. That's why I'm doing this oh, in okay. the time frame that I'm doing it. Yeah. The first week of November is when they actually mail out the bill. So on the 12th, I'm sending out the email to every all 90 supporters we have right now about this meeting in Castroville. On Tuesday of that week, I've got an ad coming, or I'm sorry, on Wednesday, we've got an ad in the Divine News. Mm -hmm. And on Thursday, we've got it in the Hondo Anvil Herald. Mm -hmm. And then that following 18th on that Saturday, we have our meeting. So everybody should have that mean bill in front of them, getting them upset about how high that is mm -hmm. before we have our meeting and before those ad comes out. Excellent. So it is a timing thing. Tell That's us again when that meeting is and where. Um, it's at Braden Keller Center in um, in Castroville. It's 630 on Saturday the 18th. Okay. Mark your calendars for Saturday, November 18th at 6.30 p.m. at the Braden Keller Community Center, which is at 1410 Amelia Street, Casterville, Texas, 78009. Awesome. We'll put that in the show notes as well. We're so grateful for your time today and explaining your, your mission, your plan with the MTA. Um, I know that it's an important cause. We want to help the seniors, and we're really grateful for all you do. Thanks for your time today. All right. You're more than welcome. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you.